Hello, friends. Today we're talking about group training. We're talking about when you go out and you train with your friends or your community or a group of people at your class, or maybe even you go to a jam, you travel, and you arrive uh, upon a group of people who are training parkour and sort of how to approach that, what some of the um, objectives might be and some of the anxieties might be and what our experiences have been with group training. So uh, Justin's gonna kick it off because you just got done doing some group training, right? Yep. You had some people come into town. Yeah, we had uh, Springs Kids and Alexander Palace come up. So who are the Springs Kids? Springs Kids, that'd be that Dante and and Ross Allen. Yeah. Last name for yeah. us. Those, I mean, those are the two Springs Kids that we see the most often. So ironically, they are very springy. Yes. Very springy. And they and they also make a really good habit of coming up here and checking out you know almost every variation of the gym that we have or uh, competition that we have. So. So we uh, we get to see those guys. On yeah, we a need to have them basis. on. They need to come up, mm -hmm. and for sure. come on. That would be fun. So you were you were training with them, and uh, there's a certain maturity that comes with group training. There so is. what's it like to train with um, folks at a higher level, and what's I mean, it like to? When I enjoy it the most, it's uh, it's like a it's like a it's a juggling act of of watching them do their big moves and them filming their lines and uh, sitting and cheering them on. And then, and then switching it where I'm doing a line, and I feel the positive energy coming from them. Uh, so that's when it when it's the best, is when everybody's contributing to this like training, um, you know, time, and everyone's doing what what's making them happy, and then the moves that they were inspired to do. Um, I've seen some other training uh, like times where everyone's doing one challenge all together. Everybody's working on the same one. That one's the most difficult one because it requires almost everyone to be on the same skill level. But so wait, so set the setting. Is this is this inside? Is this outside for this folks is, who yeah. haven't done? Like, this is outside on on you know you're usually walking around town or a college campus and you're finding challenges, you know as you're walking around exploring. No, there's some there not risk, but there there's a level of openness here that the group sort of decides because if you're just walking around and looking at anything outside, I mean that could go from let's just you know do some like parkour hopscotch on these little like you know, and this landscaping to like, yep. oh look, there's a building. <laughs> yes. So, um, so yes, it's it. What are you trying so to get what I'm trying to get at is that <laughs> it's not as controlled as a gym environment, right? So when you're in a gym, um, there's more control about what you might be training on, what the group might choose to do. Yeah. And then when you train with higher level level folks, um, they're typically looking for harder challenges. Yes. More unique, more unique challenges. Yeah. Mm, okay. yeah, I mean, they're. I mean, everyone's trying to find a challenge that you know they're gonna feel fulfilled when they do it. Mm -hmm. um, so, so definitely, if you're trying to, uh, if you're trying to go out training, and the fulfillment is you're trying to conquer the challenges that everybody else is coming up with, you're mm. you're gonna be at the mercy of their <laughs> athletic performance. <laughs> <laughs> which, uh, yeah, which in my experience, when I was training with you know Dylan and Brandon, and then I trained with you know um, some top free runners. I thought like Jake was uh, Jake Smith. Jake Smith was who I trained the most with. Um, who else did I train? Who was really good at free running? This was uh, this was Apex Pro Team. This is Pro time. Team, yeah. Mm -hmm. So yeah, and when I was whenever I was trying the challenges that they were doing, I would never. I was always super anxious and uh, and freaked out because I could never perform the same things that they were doing. So um, it's always it's best to go in and when you get to a training spot, there's always a uh, a set of obstacles that you immediately feel drawn to, 
and mm-hmm. if if you if you're if you're just frozen and you just have no idea what to do, concrete seems really scary to you at this point, which uh, like everyone has that moment. Then just go to the obstacles that inspire you and that draw you in the most, and just start working uh, little things there. But um, if, what I definitely think you you get, what people should avoid is like setting their eyes straight on the biggest performer and then just sitting down watching this person do their stuff. Mm-hmm. Because those guys, yeah. when I've talked to them, one of the biggest things is. They don't want all the eyes on them. They don't want expectations to do this big ass roof gap. Oop, I just cursed. Um, it's a lot of roof you. gaps. Like there was, they there want was to do an animal there too, right? Doing the jump with you. <laughs> yes, but yeah, I mean, you gotta you gotta do your own thing, and you gotta and you gotta be in your own little bubble for a bit, and then when things when you feel like the the hype is getting big, you can you can jump into other people's bubbles and join the fun. But uh, I think your main priority when you go out and training it should be finding obstacles that inspire you and moving on those first so that you can contribute to the energy of the group. Ah, that's cool. So wh- why would you go out and train at in all. a group at all? I mean, you don't ever have to, <laughs> but I, it's, it's, a, it's good to connect with people, to film, to record those moments, and to, to, be in, uh, to be in that culture and to see what it's like to train in a more, like, uh, yeah, uncontrolled environment where you're not familiar with things and to... And there's a good. Um, I think there's actually some safety practicality too. Yeah, there is training. Oh yeah, for sure. Train, especially if you're doing stuff towards your max potential. Or even if you're doing stuff in dark alleys. Yep. Like you don't want to be like alone out training. Sometimes, unless you're really good, and you, you can escape. <sighs> yeah, I don't really training by myself alone. Yeah, not too much of that. I think yeah, training training outside by yourself is definitely done it on the on the riskier side. Um, just because there's a potential for injury, and then also feel like a single person jumping on stuff, you're not likely to draw more attention from like property owners and mm-hmm. you know stuff like that. But when you do, it's definitely harder to to diffuse that situation, right? Like if if a property owner comes out and they're like, "Hey, don't jump on my hand railings," and they're mm-hmm. super upset, it's easier to diffuse the situation with you. We're like, "Sorry." We're just a bunch of friends, like we're just hanging out, you know, this is our activity, this is what we do to stay healthy. That person's like, okay, well I see there's a bunch of people, I see they're all athletes, understand. Where it's just yourself, they're kind of like, mm, I don't know, you look like you might be doing a and e you know. But, <laughs> breaking and entering. <laughs> <Breaking and entering. laughs> uh, yeah, you look less, yeah. Singularly, when someone's, it looks like a group training together when there's a group, and there's benefit to that. Yeah, and you all have like, <laughs> yeah. you all have like a similar aesthetic, you know, yeah. so you, you tend to it's also why yeah, look like people athlete. need to dress nicer. The that, baggy sweatpants with holes in them, and it's true. And then you did, you can't just leave your stuff on the ground like a bag. Put like, them in the just, same area. Like collect them together. Yeah, Put your socks so. in your backpack, your shoes together. Like, the water <laughs> bottles next to your backpack or in your just backpack. Just have some pride in your like, your. Training. If you're eating, <laughs> sit down and eat. Don't eat and move and eat and move and eat and move. Yeah, there's those are. I think those are just etiquette around using somebody yeah. else's property whether it's public which is everybody's property yeah. or private which is somebody's specifics property you should have some etiquette around like yeah. hey i want to take care of this and, uh, there is one thing that since justin and i started parkour that has always been a thing around like group training around like the big jams and stuff and that was we would always clean up and in the culture around that was always like let's pick up some trash before we leave to the next spot mm-hmm. you know and there's a couple of like people who um who weren't maliciously doing that, but just, you know, were 
just ignorant of like that's how we're trying to do but for the most part like we would leave parks cleaner than we got there and we would have groups of like 40 or 50 people and that was kind of a cool thing that's always been in the like the yeah. parkour culture so that is what yeah, I have to read the or understand the tragedy of the commons which is you know when every which is the concept of when everyone has the, the public shares the space in the public property people tend not to take responsibility of mm -hmm. that space um, so so just you know be a good steward for the discipline and just you know you should re you should respect your training environment too you know because I like to follow the concept of you know the place where I train that's like my dojo my temple whatever that extends outside I don't go and break stuff or or you know I think most of the time we assume that even if the spot we're training on is public property it's it's still to some degree our own and if it's if it's our own enough to go and use casually then you should still try to like you know be respectful of the environment and i think most parkour people know that when they're training they're probably on property that at best case scenario is public but might also be owned by someone else or a, an association or something like that so they, they try to um establish an etiquette about that and even to be honest in nature like if you're gonna go and train in nature with a group one of the like most tragic things you see is sort of a, a gaggle of parkour practitioners or whatever, like, or people coming into a natural space and just breaking all the branches and, you know, flipping everything over. Or if you're really reckless, some people, like, will knock, uh, like, um, rocks over natural features, stuff like that, jumping on things, just not sort of caring. So, mm -hmm. um, you know, we look at, you look at that, and then there's always that, there's always that exchange and that concern. I think even in one of those... Was there was a recent that was it two years ago that store video um, came out where they were in those uh, it was like sand dunes in a natural area I can't remember what it was but yeah I mean basically me. yeah they're they're they're, tear, they're tearing through what's probably pretty remote area where like natural features probably haven't been touched in like you know millennia right or something and they're obviously having an impact on the environment but it's sort of like you're at conflict because it seems like pretty remote and it seems like it might not be really that big of a deal but then you also have to think about your long-term impact on what you're jumping on and tearing up as a group yeah and one or two or three people can be pretty conscious of that but if you bring a herd oh, yeah. of people <laughs> through a space it's just it is just like you know you come through you just trample on everything so what are what do you what are some things you think is is a, is is appropriate? Let's say you're training with somebody and like you see that going on. What do you do, right? Like people breaking branches or people maneuvering, moving, cool. moving stuff. Oh, well, yeah, it depends on. I mean, if they're breaking stuff, it's it's definitely best to to call people out on that. Breaking stuff is just it just makes no sense for anybody. I mean, I guess if you're trying to clear something for you know so that you can swing off a branch, I see why they're trying to do that, but. That's the, that's the stuff that gets us in trouble for sure and that paints a bad light on us. So you have to call that stuff out for sure. Um, but that one's tough. I think sometimes if it's in a smaller group, I, I think this was your idea. Your strategy is just, just walk away. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just like, All right, I'm not joining you in that adventure. Right? Yeah. And that, and that can be noticed too, especially if, uh, if you're a higher performer in a training and you're doing a lot of stuff and people like to, like to sit in your energy, then if you're walking away from elements that are being destroyed then they'll see it yeah mm -hmm. uh, walking away actually probably is the easiest thing to do too because then you aren't 
you don't go you're not you're not having direct conflict with with people but i mean i, I think sometimes it's mostly for us is it's usually pretty gray and that there's like someone like broke a branch so they could get a jump or something but was the branch dead like and if it was dead <laughs> is it should it be broken you know what i mean that's the kind of thing. i'm not talking about somebody like you know oh, i need a clear here so i'm going to take this window out and then now I have my Kong that I've been looking for. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or like, sweeping, That's pretty like rare. sweeping some rocks out of the way for the run. I think if you do yeah. big changes like that, like there's definitely been times where I've wanted to do a run up and there's like a rock bed there mm -hmm. and the rocks are just too unstable. And so I've like straight up pushed like a little one foot runway for myself mm -hmm. and then did the jump. But then I always try and remember to come back and put the rocks back how I found them. Um, for me, when it comes to like breaking branches on a tree, if you're like, if it's not like a very thriving branch, like pruning is a thing that happens both naturally, naturally and artificially. Um, and we are, we Primates. are, we are animals. Primates, so right. and if you're a monkey climbing a tree and you break a branch, that yeah. happens sometimes. It's the intention for me. Right. If yeah. you're going into the tree and you're just like standing up there, just like, just like pulling stuff off because it's just kind of just shaking stuff because you're yeah, like, yeah. you're just being annoying. That to me is not okay. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, and if you like brought a chainsaw, that's also not okay because that's not if your. You brought treat. tools. <laughs> if you brought tools, stop. Just go home, yeah. put the tools back. You're done yeah. for the day. Yeah, you say that, but I literally yesterday was like, oh, I need to start bringing my little hacksaw out when I trade outside. <laughs> Just because, like, sometimes there are dead branches. Like, I don't want to get that's impaled true. by this, right? You know what I mean? So I don't know. I, but I would definitely not. I'd look at There's the environment, right, and I'd just look at the context and be like, oh, this was flood grounds, you know, these are dead branches, that's different than, oh, I'm in someone's courtyard and these are saplings yeah. and just, I'm tearing stuff off, I might kill the tree, right? So, so there is that. Um, the, so then, we, why, why, what's the value of training in, in groups? Uh, yeah, I think I said that earlier. It was just, I think it's just good to be a part of that energy and to feel what it's like to train with other people of different levels and to to learn how to respect other people's training and to see what it feels like to have your training respected and encouraged and uh, and, it, and and hyped up, right? Because mm -hmm. if yeah. you do train alone, you never know what it feels like when a, a, Eyes on a bunch of, or just a couple of your friends cheer you on when you land something. So uh, it's good confidence booster. That's uh, that's that's some pretty fun stuff right there. So when does it become good. not a good confidence booster? Uh, I think it's when expectations are pretty high. So if you're expecting other people to impress you and to do big stuff so that you can uh, so that you can just enjoy parkour videos from the good the, old days, the, the spectator sport. Yeah, of parkour. it's not a spectator sport for sure. So I think that's when you're only spectating and. Uh, um, you're not hitting a camera. If you're not hyping people up, that can be, I can that, that can draw too much energy from the crowd. Okay. Steal what about um, when you start to feel like you're not good at parkour because people <laughs> you're training with are crushing it and yeah. you can't do anything? That definitely happens. That's a possibility. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's, that's happened, happened to, me to me before. I'm just saying. I was gonna say I was gonna ask you first though because you definitely had a very you're you're a noob for a while. Are you calling me a disadvantaged parkour athlete? <laughs> I can remember because no, you, you trained. You were, you started training with us, and you started filming right away with Jesse and I. Right. And so, and we were obviously at a higher or a longer. Yes, you were at a, higher, a much higher level. Yeah, we were training much longer. You guys were on the pro so, team at that time. Jesse was winning these competitions. You and we were didn't. Doing I don't feel like seal. we went easy on you. No. But we didn't no, let we you were, sit and do. We nothing. were very critical. That was one hypercritical. 
Not like, <laughs> not I don't. I'm listen. I was trained in China when like you didn't open your hand. If you opened the yeah, well, fingers him, blade, so I got hit by a spear. Okay, so sticks and stones, right? <laughs> <laughs> you know. So uh, actually, it was exciting for me to train with you guys because I felt like you you didn't treat you didn't treat me differently. I was noticeably, you know, I have about like a seven or eight year, maybe even, I don't know, I don't, I hate doing the math because it looks closer and closer to a decade every time I do it, age gap, right? <laughs> and so, um, but I know I started training with you when I was 29, 30. And, and so you guys were in your early 20s at least. And you guys were 21, 22 or something, maybe 23. And, and, and I was like 30-ish, right? And I would go out with you guys and we would do stuff that to me felt like an adult really shouldn't be doing. Shouldn't be doing. Oh yeah. Right. Um, and by that I mean just like, like very. It was a pre midlife crisis, maybe pre 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 midlife parkour crisis. <laughs> but it was sort of that like child, you know, hood mindset of we're gonna go out and we're gonna explore because we don't even train like that really anymore. No. Yeah, I mean, there's we, much more intention. It was. Yeah. It, there's 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 more intention, but. But also, we could use a little more of that freedom and mm-hmm. spice back in our life. I think that mindset is good. It's still a growth mindset. Um, and the richness of being able to sort of say, because as you, as you become more adult, life becomes very, very linear. The things that you're supposed to do become very clear, and you tend to operate mm-hmm. within that. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like you're supposed to go here. You're supposed to act like this. Your day's spent like this, and your mind gets stuck in that. Not Rut is a bad word, but you do, you do get there. Um, but training in groups with younger people... I, st- I just want to call also, I think there's a degree of age appropriateness for that. And there's certainly a degree of, 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 of what you should behave like when you are older than the group of people you're training with when you're training with them. So I don't think it's really appropriate for 30 and 40 year olds to be out training with um, teenagers in the same way that teenagers would train alone. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I don't, I don't think that that's appropriate. And I say that because I think that there's an amount, you just, as you get older, there's an amount of maturity that you're responsible for stewarding into um, culture. And you do, you know what? It's just like, yeah. But it is okay to train together. Uh, I don't know. I don't want to, I won't go deeper on that one because I think, <laughs> yeah. I think that it's very I was, contextual. Uh, I'm more looking at what you, like, what was the, like, what did you like the most about training with us? Um, when we, because I, I, I do remember filming, and we almost dictated your lines entirely. Entirely. <laughs> from like beginning to end. Was that good or was that bad? That was good. Okay. That was good because I think adults are more open to the feedback. Yeah. And they definitely are. They're already used to sort of, you know, being judged for or critiqued. Like I was very used to being critiqued, but I was, but I may have been different because I wasn't. Lo- I was looking to get better, and I, and I was used to hearing critiques. But I think like some of my adult clients would not be super comfortable with me nitpicking every single thing that they did yeah. and making them feel like they were they were judged because they're coming in for something different than what I was going in for. Yep. So I was going into it to show the most growth that I could from a performance standpoint. Right? I wanted the performance, I wanted the aesthetic, I saw what you guys were good at, and I wanted to soak that up. And that to do that, I was already used to, you know, we already talked about the, the student mindset. That was fine. So never do I have any memories uh, that aren't positive about those moments. All of those are very positive memories. Good. I don't have any negative memories. Yeah. Because yeah. anything that I would make me feel like you guys... filming. Yeah. 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 They were always like very long days. And sometimes they were, they were a bit tedious. 
because it's it's like back it's back to that like that mindset right that we had talked about where you have your performance mindset and your moves are not sometimes when you're filming you aren't doing the biggest thing that you can do because it doesn't look well on a you know four by three YouTube mm -hmm. video you mm -hmm. know and the truth is like you're it, there's a couple different reasons why you'd film a video one is like we talked about you're looking back on your own training and you want to see progress but for the most of us starting on parkour it's we want to impress others with the video and that's cool i think mm -hmm. that's fine that's mm -hmm. not like you should be okay with that mm -hmm. right like stoke your ego a little bit you're an awesome person right um and so as a result of that like a lot of your lines that we critiqued weren't like oh travis like you suck mm -hmm. here's how you do here's how you be better it was like that doesn't look good on camera let's change it here mm -hmm. let's film from this angle put your hand here arm here stop doing that thing with your eye right mm -hmm. like it was things that we were like <laughs> <laughs> it was like it was things that 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 presented better on the camera and that's where we were critiquing yeah. them mm -hmm. right and you were definitely an awesome student because you were just like okay i'll try okay yep, yep. all right all right cool L like this like this awesome and there was never a moment where like we had to explain like no look it looks better on the camera let me show you and like had to like film some stupid line you know mm -hmm. um but i think that's a big thing too is like a lot of people will train in a group and they film something that they think's really cool mm -hmm. and then they look back on it and they're like oh mm. that doesn't actually look that cool i i was open to it the video is that the video i shot during that training period i'm you know getting closer than I'd like to 40 now, but I know, I, I actually probably should go out and film something again new because I'm pretty sure that my videos now, I know my videos and skills now would be way oh, better. Yeah, yeah mine than, too. You know, it just keeps getting better. It's subtle, the, the, the finesse is better. Maybe there's something in there the power is different on. I don't know. I mean, I certainly look younger. But, so I would say that, the, that as, as somebody who's sort of an adult training with, training with younger professionals, um, the expectation needs you need to keep an open mind and you just need to let them know what you're out for. I think some of the earlier yeah. frustrations that I had, if there if there was any frustration, it was that we didn't have a lot of intention about producing content. We were going out like I, I had a young kiddo, you know, a kid under you know two or three years old. I'm stepping away from full time work and time with the gym to go out and train. I want to get something out of that, and that isn't me letting go in that moment by any means. But it's just like, okay, if I have a day or a half day to go outside and train and shoot, I want for. content. I want content yes. because yeah. you understand that now as you guys are older. But back uh -huh. then, you guys were like, no, you just gotta let it happen. If it happens, I'm like I don't have time to let it happen. <laughs> Sir. <laughs> well, and, and yeah, there's there's a line, right, when you go out and train with a group that, like, between being intentional about filming and kind of letting it happen, there's a line that you need to draw there, because if you're too far on one side, you spoil the group, right? Mm -hmm. If you're like, oh, it'll, it'll come, just let it happen. Like, if your group doesn't have chemistry, it's never going to happen. It's not going to happen. Right? Like, if you guys, if you have somebody who's really high skill level, he's always going to, he or she's always going to get filmed. And then you have a bunch of people down here who aren't the same skill level. You're never going to get an equal representation of the group. But if you right. go out with the full intention of filming, then you just nobody has fun, right? Because mm -hmm. it's like, all right, Travis, all right, guys, break. Let's huddle. Oh, you're yeah. gonna get a line. You're gonna get a line. I'm gonna get a line. We got five minutes. Are you ready? Go. All right. I think like that's that, not fun either. That frustration always happened. Came really clear to me when your line wasn't coming together and you couldn't perform the line that you wanted. Yep. Um, 
you know, for various reasons, whether you thought you could do something better than you could or or it just doesn't look as as, as good on camera as you thought it was going to be. Yeah. That was when the frustration was the worst for me. And then you had to change it yep. mid, mid-film. mid You filmed, yep. like, three rounds. You couldn't get it. And then somebody's like, But you're like, you, you have to get this clip it. today. Yeah, that that was the worst of it, for sure. So there there, there needs to be a balance. Um, but because I definitely think, it, uh, I at least now, if I'm out training, I need to film something. I yeah. can't walk away without being on, on recording something. There's different intentions, right? Like I learned to let go of that a little bit and just realize, hey, you know, there is time. And obviously, to some degree, I'm proof that there is there is time. I mean, I've been training for, you know, seven, eight years now. And, you know, I started around 30. So you've got you've got time. Anybody who's like, oh, I'm 18 years old and if I don't get this line, and blah, 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 it's like, you've got time. Yeah. And you're always going to look back on it. It's a sign of progress to look back on it and be like, I could have done better right yep. there's that healthy judgment but then there's just hating everything like i some people and i understand if you're a person who's after a particular standard in your training that's fine but if you are unwilling to like capture your stuff and look back on it you're gonna miss it you're gonna want to see it yep. if anything just in contrast to like yep. how much how much growth you've had or you never know you, there is no moment when you're perfect right mm-hmm. meaning like it, you're if you're waiting if you're delaying shooting yourself because you've got to get better like that could not come. Anything, anything can happen to you, and then you're left with no understanding of where you were. You'll at. never get to the point where you're like, "All right, I'm good enough now." Where like everything I want to do, I just want to film. Yeah, you'll never get there. You know, and if um, you want to have some criticism towards the platform and how you're sharing information, that's fine. Like if you want to be like, "Okay, well, I'm only sharing my top five percent content on Instagram," fine. But just take the other stuff and. Keep it in Google Photos. Unlisted or YouTube or, or yeah, iCloud Drive or something. Like, you know, just store it because you may want it later on. It's fun mm-hmm. to look back at, even if it's just yourself. Like, hee hee hee. Right? And that's a good time. And also, you might capture some other people. If you're group training, they may want that later on in life. And now you're like, oh, look, you know, here's here's, here's young Jesse out here hitting this Kong. Well, it's great. I just did that, that recently with um, like a clip that I had of like Sean and Taylor. Mm. Um, there was like a group of us. This was probably two years back now and we were like doing a little like course or something like that in yeah. there and there was like a silly little like challenge and you know sean and taylor had like a really big tricking background and mm-hmm. so they hadn't done a lot of like traditional parkour and so yeah. the course was of course elements of that and i sent it the clip to both of them that was like look how like cute you guys were because they were both so nervous about yeah. this little thing yeah and the clip was them trying it and i sent it to them and i was like you know i was like i'm i'm really proud of you guys like that's awesome like taylor for for sure has like just exploded mm. on her skill level on that side yeah and i know sean has too just in terms of confidence right yeah um, i just remember sean that's like, cool like that was just in my google photos and i was just browsing through yeah. looking for old clips and i was like hey and i watched it made me chuckle and i was like let me share that you know mm-hmm. so that that's is... that's a true thing that like that training in a group sometimes you want to film other people mm. not for your sake but sometimes for their sake that's a good point i think that one of the things you can do unless somebody's like unconfident and you can ask them be like hey i'm gonna get some shots of the group is anybody here who's like doesn't want to be filmed yeah and no, then no. they'll say like don't film me because you know i have they won't say it but it's probably self-confidence issues or priors <laughs> or they're in witness protection right <laughs> and so you're like all right or they're not supposed to be out training and they are <laughs> uh so yes as a as a dad i can tell you that sometimes that happens anyway so uh i'm gonna go get some food at the grocery store and just train for an hour. sees a clip on it right 
Remember what Candy would always be like, you're out forever. When you leave, you're just gone forever. I say, go to the grocery store for five things, and you're gone for three hours. Why would you just you just take weird routes back? And I was like, yeah, through he does parks and trains. Oh, I am a meanderer, right? It's all, it's in my no. nature. Prospect's not the fastest way to get to the other side of town. Not to Denver. We got to take LeMay to Mulberry, down Shields, back to... <laughs> That's Travis. Full circle. Well, what if something changed? We've got to see. Uh, yeah. So, so I would say that the, also the intention of me of me training was to with you guys was to pick select people who I'm I'm comfortable. And this is actually a this is I think this is a skill. Um, it's one part humility, one part confidence. So it's really it's really weird. And that is to be willing to be in the front of the class. And when you train with people in the group you're mm-hmm. you've got you've got to have i think it's if you're if what's your intention to make friends cool pick a chill group similar skill levels go out in a relaxed environment where there's not a lot of pressure that's fine and even if you are in an environment that's not like that you're not going to be judged if you just try light stuff like everybody just wants to stay moving and keep yeah. that be not static so don't be static unless mm-hmm. you're just going out to hang out um by the water and on a beach or something but that that's different yeah um it, it is coming in i'm used to if i take dance classes if i take college classes whatever i will sit at the front because i know that that's going to be the best for me for learning um even though i will probably look like the worst performing student in the back of my mind i'm just used to having been that person and then two months six months later people turning around i remember one of the first like okay one of the best examples of this and you need to i think you can build confidence this way this is an actual skill for building confidence and that is to come in to a group and just do the work and then get better in front of other people. And then you notice them noticing that. I can remember when I had a background in, uh, you know, wushu, so I wasn't competitive. Like each, each sport sort of has its own niche and you get good at that niche and that's how you excel. And I hadn't done a bunch of sport, like Olympic fighting, like Taekwondo before. Like where fighting rules were different in the other disciplines that I'd done. So I came in to do Taekwondo. And I came with a group of people who were similar age and whatnot. I was in my, my late teens. And I was starting to fight using Taekwondo, which was full contact, so you could still get hit. So people shouldn't have the perception that it's not dangerous. Like, you, like knocking out is winning. And that, mm-hmm. anything you get in that environment with, with legs, is dangerous, okay? Right, yeah, it's high, very high impact. And um, I remember just getting eaten up by these like 12 year olds, right? They were black belts, but they were just, and I was scared of them for some reason, because I'm like, I didn't know the rules, and they're very fast, but then, I was like, okay, well, I'm just gonna do the work. They're just, they're 12, they can't hit me that hard. And that was the truth, they really couldn't hit me that hard. So <laughs> I really wasn't that worried about it. And I wasn't bad, so it wasn't like I was in danger. You were, you were afraid of the embarrassment. But yeah, it was more humility, mm-hmm. right, yeah. exactly. That's what it was. I was afraid of losing to a 12 year old, not getting hit by a 12 year old in that. Although some can hit very hard. Um, so, <laughs> especially to the head. Yeah, especially to the head, but I was taller, so they're shorter, lean, bad, lean back. <laughs> um, and then I couldn't do the, do the things that I was used to doing to rely on my skills. So I was just trying to be, you know, be the empty cup there. And then I had people who were in a similar age or people who were a bit older, like they were, they would beat me or score on me. And then I just did the work. I just got kicked by the 12 year old, just trained with the 12 year old. And I was just humble. And I was like, it's cool, buddy. Like, go ahead. You try, you open up a little bit and I'll, I'll work. Oh, that's good. And then I tried to make that harmony with that person. And they liked it because they're a, 
they were working with an adult, basically, like a 12-year-old. We were working with a 19-year-old. It's very different age. So I was able to make it comfortable for them to practice some techniques on a bigger person, and they were able to make it comfortable for me. My intention was harmony and training together in that moment. And I learned a little bit from them, and then I started to see how they move in their body mechanics and some of the other more advanced people. And then in like six to eight months, I was beating like almost everybody in the school except for the top tier like pro guys who'd been training and there and then I started working with them and then people would come back and they would train with me and they would remember me being like the new guy and then they couldn't touch me and then they'd be they would get very angry and frustrated and it was a confidence booster for me but it was also a moment of humility to understand I was like wow you shouldn't underestimate people who are trying hard and we see this in parkour a lot you'll watch and this is why it's the coolest people to watch are the people where you see them posting content and you're like, oh, okay, they're new. Like, I'm not judging. I was like, oh, it's like, that was cool. Seems like they're having a good time, <laughs> right? But there's nothing there. And then six months, a year, two years later, you see them and they're just crushing the biggest stuff or they're, you can tell that there's finesse there. Yeah. And that's just, uh, that's so cool to see. Be that person, you know what I mean? Because yeah. they were humble enough to be not good at something they were starting. And being willing to post that, right? Like they go out and they train with a group of people and they're, they're upfront and owning the fact that they aren't the the best mm -hmm. right they're not the top of the group mm -hmm. sometimes I, and i've definitely been guilty of this in the early years like of training and being like i need to be the best person in this training group to have a good time training with this group. yes you know what i mean like i need to be the one that's like setting challenges and like working on them and then ultimately being the one that gets the challenge and everybody's ah you know that's definitely like an ego feed for sure um so i want to talk about that real quick is that that's a type of ego that's more of a, um, I would I would call, I'm call it soft ego. Because I, I wonder if when people think like that, it isn't their true intention to really beat everyone, right? It wasn't your intention to beat them. No, it, I think it was, it was I, you want the recognition, right? right? It's not that you want them to feel bad about themselves. It's uh -huh. that you want to feel better about yourself by yeah. their cheer and their admiration, right? And really... Um, and, yeah, and, and now we're, like, digging into, like, philosophy around, mm -hmm. like, the person. But I, I think there's there's some really awesome growth that can happen if you are the best person in the group and you sit back a little bit and let other people kind of take the lead, mm -hmm. right? Because if you are training with a group and you are, by and large, the most skilled athlete... Mm -hmm. um, yeah, like sometimes it can be fun to let someone else set a challenge and let them work on it and, and not go out there and just be like, oh, I could hit that jump, no problem, right? But like train with them at their level, I think there's a lot of growth there because they're going to show you some stuff that you may not show. And eventually, like you were with the 12-year-old, with you know, the black belts, even though their skill level was higher than you, ultimately your ability was just better than theirs, right? Yeah. But training with them how do they feel when they're like oh my gosh this guy like actually is like a really cool dude and yeah as a kid working with an adult that's mm -hmm. a pretty unique like environment like they feel great about that mm -hmm. right and the reverse can happen as a parkour athlete too that like if you're a really skilled person and you're training with somebody who's still new they get a lot out of that mm -hmm. and you get a lot out of building that community around that group mm -hmm. right yeah so. i think that if that, that's the underlying point is when you when you go to a group don't look to impress but just look to harmonize with them you know what i mean yes like find find the tone of like how people are training and if people are trying to work really hard find something use that energy right like if somebody's out there and they're trying to do their hardest stuff cool find what's what's challenging for you and work on it don't try and 
do what they're doing all the yeah. time, right? Don't yeah. it, it's not like we're going out and it's like parkour tourism, and here we are at this rooftop. No, as you can see, I'm going to do it, and if you don't, then you fail, <laughs> right? Don't take that approach. Take yeah. the approach of find something that, that's challenging for you, and then be humble in that they may look at that and think it's not that hard. That's okay. It's yeah. just where you are. You know what I mean? They're going to respect you for, for that. And they're, sometimes they're not looking for the high pressure that just gets pumped up and like get, the parkour groups, they get a little hyper masculine. You know, it's like people are like out there just trying to like prove <laughs> they're hitting the hardest thing or they're not doing anything at all. And then you end up with like one of the top athletes just working, getting stared at. And everyone else is, like we said earlier, middle school dance, sitting on the wall. Doing like, the wallflower thing? Doing the wallflower thing. That's honestly, I, I haven't done a lot of group training in the past couple of years and I definitely. 99% of my training is on my own because I don't want to be guilty of being a wallflower or the person that's like doing the challenge while everybody else watches. Mm -hmm. And there's definitely like the onus is definitely on me to like if everybody's watching me to invite other people mm -hmm. and be like, you know, hey, like, come on, guys, we came out and trained. Like, let's let's go work on something else or let's go. You know what I mean? Like if you're that athlete and you're like, oh, I'm so tired of everybody watching me. Like, invite them in. It may mean that your training uh, intensity goes down a bit because you invite other people, but the group harmony is definitely going to go up. And if you're doing the wallflower, <laughs> just stop. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And I didn't ever want to be guilty of that, but I also didn't want to do the, like, personal growth because I was like, whatever, I just came here to train. Um, so I just stopped training in a group. Yeah, so how to avoid <laughs> the wallflower thing. I think none of us are wallflowers, which so that's going to be tough, but... Uh... Yeah, I think like, we've all I been guilty of it. Guilty. At least yeah, once, I definitely though, had you know. that experience before. Okay, yeah, that's tough. Uh, it's I feel like it depends on the training group. You should always try to find someone who's at your skill level. That's going to be the easiest way. So just make sure you find a good training buddy, so that uh, that can work on the same challenge as you, or that you guys are making a video together, or you're working on a line together. Because you can still make a video clip or a line together where one is a is a bigger performer and you're you're mm -hmm. just working with them harmony it's, yeah exactly it's like yeah exactly. it's like a band right so like not everybody's gonna be the lead singer you have five ten lead singers what yeah <laughs> you don't really have a lead singer at that point just find your place you know and 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 where you enjoy yep. being there and if you want to be the lead singer then yeah you're and and then you can't go out unless you are the lead singer then you're gonna have to work with people who are approaching your skill level you can't go out with like heavy hitters and be like oh yeah i'm gonna and you're yeah. gonna be missing out on a lot yeah, you miss out on a lot of growth if that's always your training mindset is like I need to be the lead yeah. in this clip. You know, you're missing out on on a potential a lot of just really enjoyable moments with other people. Yeah, it's true. It's true. What we 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 missed on the maybe a follow up on the uh, earlier idea of like if you're okay, there's maybe some group group light group training etiquette and things you can do to make the experience better for other people. Um, what are those things? So I think one of the first things is if you see someone working on a challenge, especially if you realize that they're a novice or a beginner, don't just step up and stomp that challenge while they're working on it. And then tell them how it. to do it afterwards. And then tell them how to do it afterwards. <laughs> yeah. Like one of the tackiest things to do. So if that's you, stop. Right? Unless you think someone's going to get injured. Like I have approached people before, I'm like, hey, if you're going to jump to that, just try to get both feet on it because you're going to sprain your ankles if you come up short. Right? Yeah, yeah I think... Uh... I think the way I've seen it and the way that I've respected it the most is when I'm working on something um, and I'm having a difficult, difficult time with it, um, I've had some athletes come up, look at it and say, and then recognize that I'm having the challenge with it. They're like, oh yes, this does look tricky. 
and they're like well it's all right can i give it a shot and then mm-hmm. i'm like of course and they do it and they're like you know what that is right there is this is the the part that you had that you were you know correct in having a worry about maybe the rock was at a weird angle or the jump was bigger than it looks um and they say yeah, yeah it looks a little bit bigger than that but uh but i've seen you jump before and i think you can do it maybe have this way but if if you're someone who's a better performer and you just recognize that someone else is is trying something and that it, there is some difficult aspects to it that helps but you know the some ease on it but yeah if you go out there and crush it and just be like oh it's not that bad but you got it that's annoying to me yeah it's yeah. like no, of course you got it you jumped 10 feet yes Don't, uh, you know <laughs> so uh, but yeah it's true, or just like casually wandering around people's challenges and just like checking and them destroyed off. Destroyed. Sometimes, just, yeah, I, I think it's hilarious when 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 some people do that, but because I recognize that they're just that big of a performer. But for the like, most I part, think yeah. I, I think it, 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 it I think that are they trying to harmonize? I guess a really good example because I can I think of like some athletes like David who is one of our coaches and is you know six foot. 20 or whatever and like has casual leg strides like the jolly green giant and he and if he came over and tried it and got it i wouldn't be i wouldn't be taken back by that because i don't feel like he's 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 like posturing on me or anything like that i'd just be like of course you got it just this monster legs you know what i mean but you know i could still see opportunities for him to improve and finesse with that too you know so but yeah sometimes like justin's lines I really enjoy following after him after he's done his line because Justin's lines tend to be really high in complexity, mm. even if they're not high always in like just absolute power, right? Like there are some people, like when it's somebody's doing a power line, like it's just a math equation. Do you have the power <laughs> yes. level to match it? No? Sorry, you're out, yeah. right? But Justin's lines always had like such a, a level of complexity of like this leg goes here toes are pointed mm-hmm. arm is straight yeah. head is here right and even though you may be able to do the same move like you'd watch it and you'd be like wow man he looks so cool and i look like a freaking nerd yeah you know and so i would love following up on justin's lines doing that mm-hmm. because the level of complexity and like a focus that he would put in each individual thing was so intentional right and i could learn from that even though historically like i was more of a powerful athlete than justin but he was definitely more of like an aesthetically focused athlete yeah, he has and the and finesse. complexity. Mm. And that finesse was now something you want that to train. I train. Just makes you want to train. You know? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that finesse was something I recognized as an mm-hmm. athlete that I was lacking because I was so focused on power. And so I'd follow up behind his lines and it'd be like, Oh yeah, this is hard for me. This mm-hmm. is really hard for me. He had, J- Justin has a lot of discretion. So that's another skill that you can do is look at look at what the higher if you are training with higher skilled level athletes, look at what they did earlier. Yeah. Look at what they did earlier in the day. Mm. Like show up and watch their warm up. Do their warm up. Yeah. Because lot, because they were probably used. thinking about stuff that was that was um, uh, still a good skill to work on, and they could give you some some framework. Yeah, you'll but, definitely see high level athletes like like rotate around like the training area. You'll see them hit some small jumps. Yep. You'll see them shake some stuff. Walk around. They'll do some box jumps, right? And those things, if you're a much lower skill level, those things might be your new challenges. Yep. yep. You're like, oh, I watched Justin come over here and just like hit this jump in his warm up, but that's a big jump for me, right? Now that's gonna be my challenge for the day. That's a really good tip. That yeah, yeah. I use that a lot. I think also if you if you ask for a challenge from an athlete, that's super respectful way yep. to to run yeah. something. And be like, yo, you guys, I'm looking for a challenge. 
You know, and if you don't know anybody, you can be like, oh, okay, I got a six foot broad jump, you know, my left <laughs> leg your can't stride off that. You know, just give them your stats and be like, <laughs> you know, what do you, give me a, give me a prescription and then Dr. Parkour will come over and like, <laughs> like, all right, well, you probably don't want that one because that's the right leg stride. Okay. All right. Here you go. So there's ask for challenges from people that, that you respect. And again, that can, I think sometimes be a mistake too, is trying to follow people who are at your exact skill level. And then they're going to have some holes in their performance if you're, if you're looking at it for that. And then they also might just be trying sketchy stuff. Like if you, guys, if you show up and you're new and you find somebody with a higher scale level and be like, hey, what's some of the earlier challenges you guys are working on in this spot? Like that's a good question. Or when you're training with people, like there's sort of like, um, you know, just newer people and especially younger people are going to tend to come up with some sort of goofy, reckless challenges that like it's just oh yeah so i want to talk about that real quick i'm looking at time to make sure okay we're good um like uh what was it reckless intention or just like not having intention about your training and just going and feeling like you need to like train on stuff you know there's a complexity that you can bring into what you do if uh here's an example like a warm-up line like i had a tree branch that i was training on a fallen tree and I, it had like, you know, it was maybe like 20 feet in length up to the crux of like another tree. And it was very clear. So I thought it was a good spot to train. It was pretty wide. And so, you know, the challenge of getting up the tree, not a challenge at all. It was like at 20% of ability level, maybe less, right? Um, it, but what I would do on it for warm up is just try to remove steps, try to look at the different angles, try and look at the efficiency of how I could get up the tree. Could I get up the tree more gracefully? you know, working on things like that instead of being like, what's the tree that's at the end of my range limit? And something that I work on, I was just talking to Justin about the programming I'm doing for some of my adults, is they can't take the same number of hits as, one of the advantages of being younger and, and is that you recover very fast. Mm -hmm. And really that's maybe the biggest deficit is that you recover very fast. And then also you, do, you haven't spent a lot of time doing things wrong. By that I mean like if you're an adult and you've been training one discipline and you've, been, you've had Stop thinking about it just being age, but also think about the fact that you've spent 10 years doing that thing, whether it was wrong or right. You've been in yep. that movement pattern for 10 years. That's 10 years of practicing a good thing or a bad thing, and you're only gonna get better at that thing, right? So if you've been practicing sitting for 10 years, you're probably gonna have some like issues with your hips and stuff like that. And that is, so that is finding a working level of effort. And, and that's what I see in a lot of early people who come outside and then get injured right away, if you're not used to training outside in groups, that's another thing, is understand that context has shifted. You have to find what your working level of effort is in training. So what is something, and this is the way I program for the adults right now, that's about, that works up to about 70% level of effort. And the reason I like that is because you can do, you can do a dozen or two dozen reps or attempts at a challenge at 70% effort and still be able to be okay, right? Yep. You, you, that's a working level and you can get in that sort of, with a little bit of like challenge, but it's not so challenging you can't do it. And it's not like, you know, if it's the thing that you did right when you walked on the scene, that's not 70% level of effort. But find something you can operate at that takes a warm-up. 70% pre-warm-up. Pre-warm-up level <laughs> effort, yeah. So, you know, start with something that just gets you, gets you warm and gets, gets things humming and gets you connected with your body and then look for a challenge that you think you could do plenty of. Um, it's not like you're trying to achieve something. It's, you should be able to unlock it with a little bit of effort after a warm-up. Yeah, if you're always, if you're always hitting like the, the biggest jump in the group, right, you're always like trying to keep up with that top guy. 
your volume is going to be very low, yeah. right? Because if they're hitting a big jump, maybe you can hit that jump safely on the bales. Mm-hmm. But if it's a massive jump and you shank it one time and you roll your ankle, you're done. And you right? But on a seventy percent jump, you can you can shank the the thing. You can like roll your ankle a little bit and be like, ah, that hurt. But because you weren't coming at it with your entire body weight traveling very fast. You can massage it out and be like, you know what, okay, I, I'll take a little break, I'll work on something small, and you still get more volume from the rest of the training day. You don't have to just like follow the group like some sort of like homeless guy who's just like carrying his bags around. Like Because if you get in- injured in a group training, you're bag boy, <laughs> right? Like everybody else is jumping on stuff, so now you gotta carry backpacks and water bottles <laughs> and phones. You don't want to be that guy. And you're usually yeah. crying in the corner, and it wasn't an enjoyable experience. And it follows you the next day. It's not like yeah. the injury is like, oh, I just I go home and I do my eight-hour rest like a video game, and I wake up with full health, stamina, and mana. Like, it's not like that. You yeah, know don't I mean? be like, that you know. meme. You sent a meme just the other day that was an Apex Legends meme, where it was like you imagining <laughs> playing Apex Legends, and like it had like the kid in class daydreaming it's about like, the game, right? Yeah. yeah, looking up at the sky with his chin on his hands. And then you actually playing Apex, and it was this kid like crying and throwing a tantrum. And I feel like don't make your group training sessions like that. You're imagining yeah. group training, and you're just like daydreaming. And then you group training, and you're just pouting and crying in yeah. a corner, judging yourself. Yeah. Like don't let that be you. You know what I mean? That's yeah. That's... Just like go out, have fun, have the intention to have fun, and the growth will definitely come. I think. To uh, another big thing that I want to say is, is if if you're training with a group think about everybody in the group or the group as a whole is kind of like a like a bank account mm-hmm. right and you can't go into a group and start making lots of withdrawals mm-hmm. until you put even more deposits into that group and mm-hmm. what i mean by those withdrawals are those moments where justin's working on a challenge and i come up and i smash it right that's a withdrawal for me because justin's going to be like nice job man that was really cool but in his head he's like you Right. Or you're training right. and you, uh, you're, you, are, you are being serious about your training and then you're just like trolling on that person. Or you're just yeah. being goofy around a time when people are trying when to people be People are really serious. Yeah. And again, like, like all in social interactions, people, if they like you, will give you more leeway to be goofy or to not match their wavelength. Right. right? But when the group is new, it's very important that you harmonize because mm-hmm. any sort of like you know, wavelength break, mm-hmm. where if you're on a, on a really big wavelength and they're on a tight focused wavelength and that doesn't match, the group ends up just being like, I don't want to train with Travis. Yeah. Because every time I train with Travis, he's always like hitting big stuff and I just like, I want to be, yeah. I just want to have fun. And right. Travis never lets me just have fun, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? But if Travis is always there, like and I'm working on a skill and he's like, dude, that was awesome. That looks tricky, man, that's cool. And then just like walks off to do another thing and I'm working on it, I'm gonna be like, thanks man. Mm-hmm. Like, right, that's a, that's a little deposit. Mm-hmm. And then maybe later I'm working on something really serious and Traps is all like, and, yeah. I, and I get to chuckle at it and I'm like, ah, I'm, I'm focused here though, right? Like yeah. that's a withdrawal for Travis, but he's put so many deposits in, I still really like him. I think he's still super cool, yeah. even though he's being goofy right now and I don't want him to be goofy. Mm-hmm. So that's important. If you're training in a group, think about like, how can I put deposits? Mm-hmm. Another big withdrawal, one that I hate, and we, we've said it before, no self-deprecating humor. If you can't hit a jump, don't be like, ah, oh, I suck. Oh, I can't do that. Mm-hmm. Or, oh, yeah, you know, if I just didn't have these potato legs. Like, don't make jokes about yourself or other people mm. that aren't neutral or positive, right? Right. 
there's definitely a difference between, I think it is important to not take yourself too seriously, but there is definitely a balance between that and then just tearing yourself down. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it, it, it becomes awkward and yeah, it does. It does, you know, when people are just like beating themselves up super hard, like I just have to have a good time and this person over here is just like not. Like, I, yeah. I, I, I believe I suck. I can't. Nah. Yeah. Right? Like just that, very aggressive about it. I think that's, an, that's an important thing too is that even if your intention, you're like, oh man, I just got these potato legs today, you know, um, and I can't jump. Maybe you're not, you didn't tear yourself down at all, mm-hmm. but there are people who may not be at your skill level that are looking up to you and they see the way that you're talking about yourself. And even though they, you may be like, it doesn't affect me. I'm just being humorous and funny. They're, they, they're not like that. They're not you. So they may be like, Oh, again, I, I've said it before, right? If, if Justin's better than me and he's tearing himself down humorously or otherwise, and I look at him and I'm like, wow, he's way better than me. And yeah. he's tearing himself down. I must be worthless. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that's, that's never okay to make somebody who's not your skill level feel like they're even less than they are. Yeah. Intentionally or otherwise. So you just need to be conscious of that and that you're always putting deposits, even into your own bank account, being like, you know what? I can't get it today. That's all right. I'm not feeling powerful today. Maybe I will tomorrow. Next time. Almost. Right? Those sorts of things, they matter. Huge they do. More and than you think. I think that, so there's a few behaviors that you're calling out that's really good. One, you know, just just to be conscious of the group and try and, and try and be in harmony with them. And if and if you feel like you're some you're you're working a polarity that's like the other direction, it's pulling really hard and it's not towards something positive, then that's that's a problem, right? Are you that person who's always, you know, shattering the mood and being too goofy? Or are you the person who's too controlling and just is unwilling to let people have a good time? There's those are the two polarities that you got to be mindful yeah. of. Um, if you're somebody who's recklessly sort of stomping people's challenges and not being mindful you maybe you think you're helping by offering a bunch of advice and getting in their like experience but just just try and try and like just be sensitive to what they're actually trying to do in that moment and don't always try and like overcoach them or something like that and then also just don't stand around when stuff's going bad that you um you know knows back people are breaking stuff the energy's not good in the group just yep. walk away because some other people will probably join you you know I mean, if you walk away, if you're the first one to walk away and find another challenge, other people might split off and be like, oh, they're over there training. That gives me permission to sort of leave this sort of toxic group here yep. <laughs> and then move to something that's more positive. 100%. The, also understanding your days, like the level, the level of effort thing, I think is really good. Trying to hum around 70% and then just see where stuff goes because you might feel a little twingy and you're just like, ah, that's, you know, I'm, I'm not at a, you know, I'm going to approach things at 70% effort and then I'm going to take it. If I feel really good, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I might go, I might push it further. Or if I feel like that's enough, then understand that's enough. You know, I don't like the prescriptions of, of hitting jumps and then having these benchmarks and always having the expectation that if you go back to this spot, that's what you that's can do, yeah. right? It's like, how do you feel and what's your level of effort and what do you want to put forth that day? That's why I like to use level of effort as a measure, even actually in lifting and stuff too. It's just like, yeah, you know what? What's my level of effort like? Do I feel like I can, I can do more than I do more? What it, I'm, I measure, I'm programming against intensity, not against an, a specific number. And then every once in a while, I track those benchmarks. But when you let go and you, you come in without expectations, lots of, lots of times really amazing stuff will just float to the top. Yeah, 100%. And you don't have to force it. And yeah. others in your group will feed off that energy. And who knows, maybe it's a PR day for everybody and mm-hmm. you guys didn't set out to do that. Right. And that's, those are some awesome days. So. Right. Exactly. All right, well, I think that's good. I think that's good. Yeah. Do you guys have anything um, else yeah, you want to add? Uh, I did want to ask, like, what's the current, what's your current 
goal when we go out for training right now so mm. and what's like what's making you the happiest currently right now and because i know that changes it's certainly changed for me yeah when i train right now i actually have the most best uh, or the most best i have the I have, I have better training days right now because my goal has shifted well so, how so um well currently for right now for me i'm i'm trying to record where i'm at in this point in my life and i'm not trying to record my best uh performance ever which I think was always the previous goal. Yep. Mm. So right now I'm just trying to focus on what I have right now at 80% and uh, and just record that and have fun with that. And I usually it's pretty easy for me to create lines right now because my standard. <laughs> uh, and I, I don't know why, but that's that's just so fun for me to lower my standards uh, and just not be like, I need a con gainer on everything. Yeah. Um, and just to record that and to have fun filming it and to have fun failing it, you know, the first couple of tries and record those fails. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but also right now I really love helping other people film lines and, mm-hmm. and, and getting a, a snapshot of everybody in that moment mm-hmm. so that's something I learned from Ryan Ryan was really good whenever we were training on getting uh, snapshots from everybody and, and giving suggestions on, on, on my lines a lot Ryan, mm-hmm. Ryan helped uh, help form my, my parkour lines and gave me suggestions and inspirations so I took a lot of uh, of inspiration from Ryan. Yeah, I think you've transferred that forward because if, yeah. if I want anyone watching me, it's you. And passively, that's how I've experienced a lot of the a lot of the growth I experienced earlier on and had a very fast like bell curve earlier on was putting myself in those pressures and and being like, okay, look at my stuff and then just unload on it because it didn't matter to me because I was like, oh, well, I can fix whatever he says. It's not yeah. a big deal, yeah. you know. And and doing like lines where we would shoot. I enjoyed, well, understand what you want, too, because if you're just out to be social, then make make that known before you go out with the group, because if they're going out and intending to film, yeah. and you're intending to be or social... Or just be, just be willing to change. Or be willing to change. That's right. even better. So, you know, be what's, willing to change. What's your, your current when I go out and train goal? Uh, when I go out and train, it's definitely to... Um, I would love to record every training session just because I really like looking back on it and seeing what's going on. Not because I'm going to like boost my like, you know, my social status and Instagram, but because I want to watch myself because I feel I experienced the most growth that way. Um, and I do like, um, influencing and like Jesse was saying, harmonizing with harmonizing with a group. I think that's really good. But my goal is when I go out and train right now is to, is to, is to find like I think to find a, a more rich experience and usually that's in pushing pushing the limits of what it's like to be there whether that's like if it's a social thing then I want to make sure that that social moment is like really rich and everybody is having yeah. a good time but if we're on we're recording and recording some hard stuff like I do want to capture that and I want that to happen so I'm flexible kind of like what you were saying yeah. be open yeah. I'm flexible as to what we do but when we do it we're gonna do it I don't want to have to do it I don't want to be in my head imagining it should have been this way or that way or I didn't get the content that I wanted or this group isn't like jiving the way I want if it isn't I'm gonna flow out you know what I mean you're, you're there to your goal is to maximize the experience yeah. of whatever it is the group is doing. Right. That's a good and I'm not chasing after a peak experience. Not everything has to be the best training session ever, but it better be The best rich. it can be. I want the parkour umami, right? I like the way that you explain it better, but yeah, that's, <laughs> that's definitely <laughs> my, my intention <laughs> Yeah, but I and 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 in the other, you know, and it doesn't always turn out that way. You have to be open to it because, in the to be honest, like we would train, 
like it's not for everybody. Like when we were in film, it was in the sun and we'd be doing on a very, very fundamental or basic line where I felt like maybe it was good enough and you didn't when we record early on, 20, 30 takes of a 30 <laughs> second line. We'd be shooting one take oh, for yeah. two or three hours and then you'd want to scrap it, <laughs> right? Or we'd lose, or we'd lose, we'd lose footage. Oh, when I was like, oh man. Or Jesse would go and like reformat a hard drive and drop like and drop stuff, and I'd be like, no, <laughs> there's archives. But at the same time, it was, there was a mess there too. I don't know if I ever find. I it. mean, we've we've never lost footage, guys. I literally have. Yeah, we have. No, I have oh, twenty right, terabytes of hard drives at home. Goals of training for you, current. Uh, mine's very similar to Travis. Like I'm, I'm not there. Like I save my grunting and screaming and crying for my home training. Home workouts, love it. I love to I, scream alone. When I, <laughs> yeah, like no, like you know, like, I want, I want angry music. I want high testosterone. I want to say curse words to my barbell and get the work done. And I don't want people there around me when I'm doing that. So when I go out to train with other people, I, it sounds wrong. I don't want to put out effort. Like I just want to go out there and just. Just yeah. move, yeah. right? And so, like, I straight up, I'll go out and I'll try a challenge, and like four attempts in, I'm like, it's too hard. And next, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> not because I'm like I'm lazy, but just because I'm like I, yeah. I'm not here to grind myself to the bone. I'm yeah. here to to see the results of it's my effort. And if I'm not hitting it like in five times, it's it's different for everybody. It's not worth it to me right now. Yeah. I, that means I need to go home, grind some more, and I'll come back and hit it. Mm -hmm. But I'm just here to have a good time and and vibe with the group and like smile and laugh and film. Um, which I need your help getting more of, but yeah, for me it's it's hundred percent play. I just want to go out yeah. there and experience. Yeah, it can be serious play, but it's still play. Yeah, yep. still play. Productive play. Productive play. Yeah. So, uh, so in summary, you know, take these tips and try and apply them to your groups. If you're not training with a group before, you know, you can look for groups online, find a, find a group that you want, or play with your kids, or play with your family members. Just try and break in, break out of being. Um, in the gym and if you're training in the gym try and find uh, a culture that you think is positive and fits you should never leave that situation of, tr of training feeling negative not feeling more built up when you go out and do those sessions mm -hmm. but if you do understand that the problem also might be you your approach to how you're training right yep. if the group if the group seemed overall positive and they were having a good time but you walk away from it not feeling good then you might have to you yeah. might have to check yourself right yeah. um, and then make sure you're making deposits if you're making any withdrawals and work on being conscious and harmonizing with the group. I think those are all really good tips that I think if I had earlier on when I was training, the expectations for myself would have been a little more reasonable from time to time, even though I felt like the early stuff was a very good experience. So, yeah. Thanks for tuning in, guys. We appreciate it, and we hope that uh, these tips help you train with your group a little bit more productively. Mm-hmm. Go have a good time. Go harmonize. Go harmonize. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>